It's all the same to you. I'll drive that. Wayfair. Cycle of life. Uh, no, you know, Wayfarer glasses. You, you live around long enough and you'll see them come and go three times. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Hawaiian shirts, all that sort of shit. That's what? right. Just never stop being cool, mate. I want to see Norm Harding wear a Hawaii shirt. <laughs> or a Santa suit, one of the two. <laughs> you win. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking tell you, man, I'm just about ready to peg my phone. Do you, do you ever get those days or those lives where you just want to get your phone and drop, drop a massive pro pegger on it? Yeah, and just fucking hit it with a shovel. It's oh, am- am- amazingly fun little device for some mobile phone until it gets to 2020 and it's just a fucking arsehole. I swear, I, I'm just kind of getting to that stage where every time my phone rings or messages, it's just like, oh, fuck, here we go. Like it's some someone wanting something or there's some drama like, you know, work or home or something like that or some spot fire that needs to be put out. And I just, you know, I can't help but have it on edge, but I find it's a really trivial shit that is the stuff that tips me over the edge. Like the really important stuff, you know, you've got to deal with important things. Don't get me wrong. We're allegedly adults. You just have to get in, deal with it, move on. It's the trivial shit that just does my fucking head in. And I'm actually going to give you the perfect example of this, right? Just before we get cracking on with the yeah. uh, podcast. Right. I get a text message yesterday. It comes from a number I don't know, and it says, Hi, Simon. But Simon is spelt S-I-M-M-O-N, like Simon. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, who the fuck's this? And I, anyway, so I text back and said, because I was thinking, you know, I must be like a, a maybe a car person or something, and I've just never saved the number. Yeah. And I've gone... Who the fuck, Simon? And I've then I've said, yeah, but Simon, like, just, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. the person replies back and says, oh, hey, it's Tim, your neighbour. He goes, actually, I'll read it out to you. It's probably easier. Sorry, just let me open it up. We need to trim some of the umbrella tree branches that are overhanging into our pool area, like in the backyard. We've got this, I just call them an umbrella tree. They're kind of like got big, massive leaves and all the rest of it. He says, we'd like to reduce the amount of fruit and seeds and leaves that are dropping into the pool. Anyway, and I said, yeah, yeah, no worries, mate. Look, I trimmed it all last year, but we can have a look at it. Just trying to keep the peace. Like, we've had some run-ins with this sort of – they've only been there for about six months. We had a bit of a run-in because the son got a brand new um, – like, one of those drones. It was a pretty good fucking quality drone. Like, it had a light on and everything. Like, it was probably worth at least 1500 bucks. Like, it was up there. Anyway, Sonny ate this fucking drone, like, chewed the fuck out of it, chewed it to pieces on the kid's birthday when he got it. <laughs> I probably should mention that I actually hit it with a pressure cleaner, which made it crash in the first place, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> hey, got it. Anyway. Yeah, and I said, well, listen, look, if shit, if shit falls into our yard, he's going to eat it. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, but I can't do much. Anyway, that's caused all sorts of fucking dramas because I refuse to pay for it and blah, 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 nah, blah, blah. So things have kind of been a bit tentative. But he says there, the next thing is, right, with this message, so he wants me to trim the, tr- the trees and to stop all the fruit and that sort of stuff falling into the into the pool and into the yard, which I understand. But in the same breath, he says, oh, but we don't want to reduce the overall effect and the amount of shade that our tr- the trees give our backyard. And I'm like, well, mate, I'll just, I'll just chop it all down completely. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, we want to keep the shade. I said, well, you can't have both. Like, how the fuck am I supposed to chop the trees back so shit doesn't fall into your pool? But you still want the shade that the branches and the leaves offer. Like, I just don't – it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Am I retarded or yeah, you have to trim the fruit off or what? Who fucking knows? Just just firing back questions. 
are you high? Get back to me when you're sober. How, how can I trim it without cutting down the shade? Just fire back questions like, have oh, you, I did. do you listen I to did. yourself? Have a look at this. Yeah, I said, how am I supposed to cut the tree back but not affect the shade? Like, anyway, so that if that's the thing. Like, it's the trivial shit like that which just fucking sends me on a bender. So I ended up texting back and said, mate, you live like five metres away from my front door. Just come and see me in person yeah. and we'll have a chat about it. I left it at that. So, that's exactly anyway. what I was going to say because when it gets to texting, you just ring and go, look, fuck, I'm, I'm not going to text you and do this all by text. Give me a ring. It's the yeah. same. In business or in, in anything, when you're dealing with somebody, you can get you can go back and forth with nasty emails, like say on invoicing, like uh, you know, this invoicing doesn't work for us, it does work. You can go back and forth, but the thing, the diffuse that you put in there is like, mate, can we catch up for a face to face? I'm sure we can figure this out, and it does actually yeah. work on a personal level because then suddenly they're dealing with a person, not just an email address. And I've used it heaps, and that's how you deal with it, really. Yeah, I, I just like I said, I find that. It's a really tr- – and you you know yourself. Like, I'm really fucking bad with getting back to people on text messages and, and emails and stuff. And I apologize to the entire world for that because I am slack. I'm just fucking busy and it, I don't make it a priority I should. It makes no fucking sense. Actually, you anyway. need to take the piss. You need to write back and take the piss like my unicorn will have no shade if I chop the tree down and leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for me. But see, I go on that, that bender where I just go, oh, oh fuck you, and I just cut the entire tree down. It's just- I don't really care. I'm not a yard man. I'm happy to see it go all together. Like, I'd just do that just to be an asshole. But you know what? The thing that makes your day better, and it works for me, What's ice that? cream with ice magic for breakfast. The first thing in and the I'm morning. Fucking oath. And I'm not saying, like, you don't put a couple of drops on. You put enough ice magic on, it would seal Chernobyl up. Like, you just fucking completely house that ice cream and ice magic, and your day will be great. You look, I've fucking- just got to say right now, for St. Lucie, Coco... Macca, anybody that has you starting your day on that much of a sugar high, that is why you are the Saint Lucy. And that's why Macca, I feel sorry for you, buddy. Starting the day with him full of sugar. Can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just those guilty pleasures. It's kind of like, you know, steak sandwiches. I love steak sandwiches and steak burgers and all that. But I'm actually finding these days it's getting harder and harder to buy, like, a good old school burger, like a steak burger or a hamburger. And... You know, like, say, in the street where I work, there used to be two takeaway shops that were always busy. You'd go in there and you'd be waiting for fucking 10 minutes to get served, which is fine because you always got good food. But now, they just either have closed up or they don't offer what they used to. You can't get, like, roast of the days. And I was sort of wondering why the fuck that's happening these days, where they're kind of, you know what I mean, like the, the corner carvery or the corner, like, takeaway shops, where you go in there and you'll say, oh, can I get a steak sandwich? And they go, what do you mean? I said, well, like a steak burger, <laughs> but on bread, not not a roll. And they go, well, what do you put on? I'm like, well, just like steak and a bit of barbecue sauce and a bit of onion. And they said, oh, do you want cheese? I went, yeah, okay, put some cheese on, whatever. So I literally get – and asked Dingo Pete because he was pissing himself laughing. I got a piece of white bread with butter. I got a piece of steak on that. There was a piece of melted cheese, some of that red onion, like not not onion, white onion that you grill on <laughs> yeah. the plate or brown onion. Well, onion. Not, not that. It was actually red onion, like salad onion, and a top piece of bread. And I was like, wow, that's just the craziest steak sandwich I've ever had. And I, I think the biggest problem, and I look, understand that it would be really tough business for these people to, like, fuck COVID, like not even before the COVID shit, because I see at, like, the work, the complex I work in, a lot of people now, they get like Uber Eats and shit for lunch, which I would never, ever think to do. They'll actually get, you'll see like the little guys coming on their scooters with Uber Eats 
and they'll actually be getting, you know, like t- like Thai takeaway or Hungry Jacks or something delivered to them at work. So there's not that real need for them to go out. And I think, you know, it kind of makes sense to me now that may be a big reason that why, say, the takeaway shops in the like the street I'm in in particular, why they're fucking closing down or just barren with no people. Well, you know, it, things like that, those options. In response to the minister's question on the decline of general takeaway of uh, steak, sandwich and chips, I'd like the Senator Shears to please take the floor and I have an answer for you uncategorically, Simon. Any uh, decent takeaway or, or any shop like your Subway and that sort of thing, the whole idea is run on a computer so it does all the, uh, the maths. Even when you go to a bistro, say the bistro in a pub, somebody will go in and, and download the till and see what's selling and work out what profit margins as compared to their suppliers and everything. So now a very important part of a business is the computer program that's doing the reconciliation for the money and the food. So suddenly you can only – I've tried it down my local. I wanted a, uh, just a basically an egg toasty. Like, so I had to try and describe yeah. I want a bacon egg sandwich but no bacon. I had a pain in the stomach. I didn't feel like bacon. You know, I just want – and she wouldn't do it. She goes, I can't do it. There's no such thing as an egg sandwich on the till. I'm like, can you make it a bacon and egg sandwich minus the bacon? She goes, gee, I'm not sure. I said, worst case scenario, could you walk and speak to the chef? Fuck me. How did you go with that stomach pain? Did you do like a massive power grogan, a big log jammer afterwards? Well, that, did it clear it up? Well, my local, it's Irish, Irish Finnegan's. So I was down there mm. drink, drinking. And so I was drinking, yeah. drinking Guinness, so I didn't really want the bacon and the Guinness because your arsehole just turned into a fucking cement mixer of fucking poo. <laughs> <laughs> You're like backing it in. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I better have a red motor up there pairing, turning the bowl, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, I got a red motor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't tell, hey you about, don't tell you I took that girl fishing on the weekend? No. She come back with a red snapper. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey, speaking of guilty pleasures, think we were talking about food. One yeah. thing I've been thinking about lately, and this is probably because I felt a bit guilty. I was in the car, like the work car driving, and I had this song up full noise, and I pulled up to a set of lights. I was like, I might turn that down because that's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Do you have like any guilty pleasure songs that you listen to? Oh, you absolutely have just hit me with a bullseye to the heart. Absolutely. I'm terrible because I'm a music Nazi, but... Like you say, I've also got them songs that when you're in the car alone, you're like, I love this song. <laughs> but uh, you know, if you play it in public or if your friends hear you play it, you're going to be just fucking chastised forever. Oh, it, yeah. it'll, it'll become your nickname. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll go, what, what, what's going on, Bronski Beat? <laughs> My mate wears a set of, because we wear blue jeans at work. My mate, he's a contractor, so he's always just wears, he'll go and just buy blue jeans from Sally's or whatever. And he yeah. brought a pair of flares the other day and he fucking loves them. And you know what? So do we. <laughs> so on, on Friday night shift, he wears them and we got fucking, yeah, it's good. Uh, what would be one of your uh, guilty pleasure songs then if you've got them? Oh, look, I'm going to give you three. There's, right. there's probably multiple, but I'm going to give you three. It's funny, thinking about that, I think, oh, Poison, anything by Poison. But then I think, you know what? That's fucking great music. I'm not, I'm not ashamed yeah. of that in the slightest. But definitely guilty pleasures. This song, Dang Me by Roger Miller. So dang me, dang me, they ought to take a rope and hang me, high from the highest tree, woman would you weep for me? Something about it, like when I was in high school, they used to play on the, like on the actual TV all the time, they were advertising Roger Miller's greatest hits, and he sings like kind of almost joke songs, like 
the presidents of the United States before that kind of band or that genre exists of songs where he'd yep. sing kind of these funny songs and they'd play this this ad on TV all the time and the songs have just been stuck in my head and you listen to the words of Dang Me and it's friggin' hilarious. So I love that song. It always makes me laugh. And Roger Miller, like, he was a fucking great musician. He used to play with the likes of, like, um, uh, Johnny Cash and people like that, like that era of musician, kind of in the 50s and 60s. So... He's definitely a talented man, but he, he did some great songs like Chug a Lug and all that. So that's definitely one of them. Another one which I'm feeling red with embarrassment because I know I'm never going to hear the end of this from you is um, Pump Up the Jam by Technotronic. Remember that song? Oh, no, unfortunately. Yes, we used to listen to it on Rage. <laughs> oh, there you go. Jam, pump it up while your feet are stumping, and the jam is pumping. Look ahead, the crowd is jumping. Pump it up. See? You just I, hear that song start and you know exactly what it is. You know what? I, honestly, I used to hate it, but now you play it for me, I realise I was right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got a historical significance, that's all. And lastly for me, this we used to play this as a bit of a joke at parties, but I find that I actually I can't help listening to it and fucking singing along with it because it's so catchy, is John Denver's Thank God I'm a Country Boy. Like, I'm completely not a country boy, but I fucking, that song, just, I'll always turn it up when I hear it play on the radio. Well, what's the line in it? Daddy told me how, taught me how to whittle, told me how to play a tuna on the fiddle. <laughs> he goes, yeah, d- yeah, Daddy yeah. taught me how to fiddle. Yeah. So. <laughs> Something wrong with that. Yeah. Big, hat, big shout out to George <laughs> Whoa! Love it. How about you, mate? What would you have as a guilty pleasure song? Any of the guilty pleasure songs, I think for you and I, our age, we'll find it stuff that was AM on the radio back in the day, and we didn't, or for Mm. me, and I didn't quite like it, like any of the AM radio back on the day. This is not one of them, but I like uh, Harper Valley PCA or whatever, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, the, yep, de- the, de- the day my mama sucked it to the Harper Valley PCA. And I always yell at the end of it, yeah, you mole. <laughs> <laughs> Getting out in a short skirt when she's meant to be raising her daughter. Um, <laughs> live, li- one I find crazy is living next door to Alice by Smokey. Oh, I don't know why she's leaving or where she's going to go. I guess she's got her reasons, but I just don't want to know. I know the Kevin Bloody Wilson version a lot better than that. But <laughs> that's does. just a sign of my age. 24 years just waiting for a chance. So I've worked that out. That's 1,248 weeks. So that's 8,544 days waiting to pants a chick. And he didn't pants her. Oh, man. How many, I tell you. How many wanks do you reckon he would have dedicated to her? Uh, probably was. Though, if, he, if he had got the chance to do it. It probably would have been a bit of a letdown, maybe. You'd want it to be awesome, wouldn't you? Well, what's Eddie Murphy says, his joke when he says, a girl made him wait ages for sex, and then she goes, yeah, but when we have it, it'll be beautiful. And he goes, yeah, because you give a starving man a cracker and he'll think it's the nicest cookie he's ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Great by Eddie Murphy. 
What else you got there, mate, for a guilty pleasure? Oh, just for the last thing on Living Next Door to Alice. When the, when it starts, when the song first starts, if you've heard the song before, you recognise that start. And I always reckon that little intro, the first little intro to it, sounds like a fucking Foo Fighters song. All you need is an obnoxious drum breakdown. And then that's, you know, that could be Foo Fighters, except way fucking better. Um, <laughs> this, one, this one's really good. Um, if I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me by the Bellamy Brothers? I actually don't even know that song, to be honest. I'll have to YouTube it and see what comes up. It's just got lovely play on lyrics. It's like, if I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against you? And you're like, what do you mean? (laughs) And another (laughs) one, my all-time favourite guilty pleasure, and this is going to get me pounded harder than a teenage bride, Animals by Nickelback. I don't even know that song either. it's It's just about having sex. It's like... Um, here's some of the lyrics. Your mum don't know that you were missing. She'd be pissed if she could see the parts of you that I've been kissing. <laughs> um, what's this well, one? that sounds pretty appropriate for you. That's, that's good. Uh, you're beside me on the seat. You've got your hands on my knees and you control how fast we go by just how hard you want to squeeze. It's hard to steer when you're breathing in my ear. But the best lyric in it all is when the, the daddy finds the car <laughs> and knocks on the window and he tries to get up. What's the line say? Um, that's when she started screaming. That's when Dad's outside the car. Oh, please, the keys, they're not in the ignition. They must have wound up on the floor when we were switching our positions. <laughs> it's just great. <gasps> oh, speaking of that, a guy I work with, Merv, he's the full, like, oh, how old would he be? Maybe early 50s now. Like he, he was that full generation where he was sort of 18, 19, 20, around the late 70s and early 80s. Like smack bang in, in the whole panel van, that era, Australian crawl, all that sort of stuff, yep. and he tells he tells us the best stories. <laughs> he tells us this story of just talking about like sex and cars. He was at a party, and he, his mate had an XC Falcon panel van, and he said he, he was hooked up with this chick in the back of the van. Anyway, did the do. He said it was a fucking great night. They both collapsed, fell asleep in the back of the panel van. He said the next morning, his mate's knocking on the window, going, "Oh, hey mate, are you in there?" Is you know like whatever the chick's name was, she in there with you? And he goes, I said, oh, fuck off. He goes, I'm about to give it another go. <laughs> and, his, and his mate goes, um, uh, don't do that. Her dad's here. And he said, he's just like gone, oh. And he's heard the dad's voice say, oh, listen, you've got to come now. Your grandfather's died. It was something like that. <laughs> and he said, he's just opened up like the barn doors of this panel van and the father's standing there looking. He's got like a pair of undies on. He's just thinking, oh, my fucking God. And the girl's <laughs> grandfather not only oh. she had had uninspiring sex in a Holden commercial, but she, now without grandfather. <laughs> Good thing about you say the guy's name's Merv. I naturally who I picture as Merv. You know who I, I see the name Merv. Also, something about one of the articles I picked in in the new Bible studies is I seen the name Athel in there. Merv, yeah, Merv, yeah. Athel, Clements, all them old cool names. Eh? Yeah, definitely. Like a lot of the older names are coming back. Whether it be abbreviated, like kids you see called Harry, like not Harold, but Harry, which is kind of a real old school generation name. And yeah, like yeah it's interesting what. Mm. It's funny, I'll have to actually send you some of these songs that I've been talking about because lyric wise, especially Dang Me, I think that'll really suit you. It's I've talking about it. this guy who's just, have you, this guy, he's just, 
Not out of control. He's talking about how he went to the pub with his fresh pay packet and he's like six rounds bought, but I bought five. He spent the groceries, spent half the rent, and at $47, he's got 47 cents or something. It's just hilarious. <laughs> it makes me laugh. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, I suppose we'd better actually kick off on episode 45 of our Long Service podcast. What do you think, mate? We're going to review the June 2020 Street Machine Magazine. Magazine? <laughs> You know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to I'm going to do a two for Tuesday here, even though it's not Tuesday. I'm going to play the Thong Slippers intro, then straight away I'm going to segue it into the Bible studies tune. Perfect. Okay, are you sitting down? You got your seatbelt on? It's going to be a wild ride. I got nothing on to be honest. Got a single on. <laughs> Simo and Redmond are the Thong Slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Holy shit, if we've still got anyone listening after that, it went for a bit long, didn't it? But anyway, yes, you're right. June 2020, Street Machine Magazine. Now, this, of course, is the first issue with our good mate, the Mudgy Love Muscle, Andrew Broadley, as editor-in-chief. He's at the helm there. Now, it's funny. Well, it's not funny. I just always say that because I just always say that. But it's interesting because I actually think that you could not have started off your career as editor with a better magazine. It was a fucking great issue. So many good cards featured in such a great variety. Like, yeah, he's definitely Broads has kicked things off extremely well. He's got a lot to live up to now, and it's his own stupid fault. With the, yeah, congratulations, Broads. And, of course, the first thing that i done, did you see I turned him into Chopper Reed in the magazine? Yeah, I actually thought that was funny. You'll actually find that picture on our Instagram page, at the Thong Slappers. If you if you got any ID card in any industrial place, you work anywhere, you're licensed, and it's anywhere near a workplace, and you don't get glasses and moustache. I didn't draw a dick on Brawls because he's so fucking big, but that's just what you do. We, we, we get a bus from work, and you've got to swipe the card, so there'll be eight cards go forward to the passenger, and he passes one at a time to the driver, and without doubt, your card comes back with a dick on it. <laughs> if it doesn't, you're like, what the that's, fuck? <laughs> that sounds well done to me. Yeah. <laughs> So what do you got for the cover shot of Broad's first forays editor? And well, of course, you've got the Ogilvy LC Tirana uh, on the cover, along with Howard Nesson's XB Hardtop. So what did you say about the cover, mate? Well, I'll tell you about the cover. I'd also like to welcome you back to Australia's first and only dedicated streetcar podcast. And I'd like to welcome all our listeners to the June 2020 Street Machine magazine. Yeah, Ogilvy's car, that's out of control good, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's always been a great thing, for sure. The the blower, I think, is the front and centre of, of the photo for the cover there, definitely. There's no cum shot. You know how the XB had a cum shot on it? Yeah, I, I know of last time. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know you missed the, uh, the cum shot. The XB was shot from the back because that muscular rear back of an XB Falcon is kind of its iconic stance and a tough thing. You know, it's very good. This LJ shot from the front with the blower. Yep, yeah. I, I think that's pretty cool. That's, um, see the... XB on the cover. Yeah. See, it's got the yes. blue, blue paint splash. Oh, yeah, behind you, it, yeah. Yeah, do you think they gave that to the apprentice and said, can you just paint the bottom of that blue? And he goes, oh, I've done some of it, and I, yeah, got bored. So why can't you do it to the fucking edges? Oh, yeah, uh, oh, did you want it done to the edges? I thought you just said where the Falcon was. <laughs> it's like, you ran out of paint. Oh, do I have to dip the brush twice? <laughs> yeah. This is too yeah. fucking hard. Have a look on the rear cover. Do, I, do both covers? Oh, is this one of those, do I have to fold it out? No, or do I just, just 
One Separate, thing I've, yep. I've noticed, the advertiser, that particular advertiser that sells these engine and the blowers and bits and pieces have changed their headings from red to green for this one last Yeah, right. yeah. Maybe it's like some environmental consideration that they've gone green. Well, clearly we're, we're you know, we're environmentalists. If, if, if one thing we're guilty of here at the Thongs Lab is it's being passionate environmentalists. You know, I've been accused of that. That's, you know, that's a voluminous conviction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I did notice the change in colour. So the, interesting. One thing I like too is the inside cover. So if you go back to the front, open it up, you've got you know that company there, the double page spread there. Yeah. And then turn one more page, and you've got the other mob there with the wiring harness and all that. When you combine that with the rear cover and the inside of the rear cover, can't you get some excellent gear for street cars these days? Oh, that's exactly right. It's never really been easier to build a tough car than it is now. Yes, as far as just being able to buy off-the-shelf stuff, which for the most part should probably fit and work really well. That's crazy. Just like all the stuff, even, you know, every street car could probably use a few of the bits and pieces off here, whether, you, whether you're going, you know, you're turning your, your car into a gas or whether you're turning it into a, a resto, you know? Yeah, that's right. No, that's exactly right, and it does make things easy, and there's so much cool shit available now that not only makes your car better but safer, and if, especially with the amount of horsepower you can produce these days, yeah, that's it's, right. uh, it's a good thing. No, oh, no, I, I like that. And I especially like all the reproduction stuff that's coming out. It's not like you can go to a records anymore yeah, and buy right. shit for an old Holden or buy shit for a Valiant or whatever the case may be because at the end of the day, shit that's in the records is 50 years old like the car you're building too. So, what yeah. am I? Sorry, one of my favourite wrecker stories is Buchamp when he built the VK with the mm -hmm. silver one. He went and got some Suzuki road bike front calipers. You know, he didn't just go and buy. Oh yeah, I just like that that, that thought of that genesis of where we've come from as well. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of using your brain to work out what's going to fit and what's going to work. You know, jump onto a forum and Google do F one hundred brakes fit. You know, escorts. You you can't jump on a forum. You got to have to think. Go. Oh, who knows about F one hundred brakes? Oh, a bloke down the road. Go and have a chat with him, and then. Before we had the forum on the online, you know, when you had to actually know people that were doing that stuff. Yeah, and it's funny with saying that too. Like I remember when I built a VE Valiant wagon many years ago, I actually wanted to change the front bumper to give it more of a Dodge Dart look. So I went to the records with a tape measure to see what was actually there and what might work, and it was kind of fun. I went to Kelly's wrecking in Brisbane's north side. I got chased by the cows, which wasn't fun, but. Yeah, it was kind of cool. You just walking around the tape measure and just enjoying that whole creative process, and end up getting XC Falcon bumper bar and managed to fit that up without too much modification. So, yeah, it's surprising what you can adapt to what. And like I was saying, that was half the fun was going around exploring and, and working out what you could do to build something a bit different. So, yeah, I dig it. That's cool. What uh, What do you think of the front cover? Broad front, broad front. Look, for starters, I dig on the LC Tirana. I like the way the colour just pops off black. It's sort of that reverse of the last few covers. So that was something yep. different. And the interesting thing, too, is that probably a little, a little bit depressing by the fact that we're actually now old enough to have seen a number of cars evolve over, like, you know, quite a few decades, like two or three decades. And both of these cars are a really good example of that. It's the case with Clint's LC, which is um, one of only probably a handful of cars to grace the cover three times. And I think you'd be talking about, uh, I think Broads may have even mentioned the editorial, you've got LC Toronto, of course, of Clint's. You've got the Fat 57 of Mark Jones, which we've spoken about previously. The difference with the Mark Jones 57, that featured on the Street Machines cover three times in one year, back in 2002, I think it was. And then, of course, you've got the Adam Labrie's XC Falcon hardtop in its bare metal guise, and also later on when it was finished, and then it was redone like white and 
all the rest of it. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see what cars you can see evolve over quite a long period of time. And each evolution of this LC has been very cool. And, of course, the bottom of the cover, you've got Howard's XB. That rake is just tough as fuck. And it goes perfectly with the whole 80s-built coupe, the little tagline they've got there. So that's all I had for that, mate. Yeah. A very good magazine. There's a lot of stuff. I like the stuff around the isolation builds and a few different things. I like the late model car we put in there, and I particularly love, and I was very close to calling it my rig of the month, Gizmo. Oh, the Gemini, Todd Delbo. Fuck, what, I love how that you pronounce his name? Yeah. yeah, it is. It's funny you talk about the isolation stuff. Just quickly back to that cover. I've just sort of noticed it now. Like, I'm not saying that the world is turning into the walking dead because of all this COVID stuff, but... Things are going back to maybe uh, enjoying and applying the simple things of life a bit more. Perfect example, read the top thing you've got. Readers' isolation projects. People are getting out and building their cars again. And like how to, like painting your car. Yeah. Going back to that hark and back to the old thing of maybe doing things a bit more hands-on and inspiring people to be a bit more hands-on. Hey, listen, you know, I've got time in the shed now for whatever reason. And I'm going to have a crack at trying to do that welding I, I want to teach myself to do or whatever. So... I don't know. Maybe it's going to change things the way people think about things a lot more. Uh, Coity, he, he reckons, Chris Coit reckons painting's easy because you fuck it up, you just got to rub it back again. Well, that's true. Yeah. It's, it's actually really simple, true words. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it. what did you have for rig of the month? I chose Howard Ness's XB from page 52. Yep. Okay. So much to love about this car. And I'll, I'll give it a crack at. at telling you how much I love this car being in there. And I love why it's in the magazine as well. I think that's very important. I like the colour-coded bumper bars and the centre lines. That's that's never going to go out of fashion for me. The uh, no. custom grill, I knew you'd be losing your lollies over the custom grill for sure. <laughs> and you'd be correct. Yep. The GS decal on the radiator. See on the top of the radiator, it's got the because he says it is a factory GS. Yeah, yeah. So I like that, you know, I like the little badging and bits and pieces people do it's got a cast iron head cleaver i've always wondered with street engines when you, it's got so it's still got cast iron heads do aluminium heads and overheat go well together or is that just an automotive thing doesn't really worry you know street cars no yeah, no like, not at all i yeah. think the biggest issue you have with aluminium heads well not so much just the heads but is mixing the different types of aluminium componentry you have like say if you've got heads that are made from a particular grade or whatever that it is compared to the radiator might be made from a different grade or different quality yeah, and you can right have problems with electrolysis and corrosion and that sort of stuff but i really don't know enough about it i'm still like a cast iron head and on the car as well no <laughs> joking um copper radiator sort of person i really don't know much about anything all this fandangle modern stuff yeah, I'll, to be it's got brutally a, honest. So it's a cleaver with cast iron heads. Got a solid cam. I can hear this thing. I reckon it'd be awesome. It's got the 15 inch 295 by 50 tires. How cool is that? Fucking oath. Half, ca- half yeah. cage harnesses. It's got a stock front end. So it's got. It just says the front end has got rebuilt factory. So it's just got you know the stock front end. It probably have for all intents purposes stock front brakes. Well, it's probably more than ample for it anyway. Yeah. What's the go with the steering yeah. wheel? Why does it look cool. like an XR steering wheel? I think because it is. Uh, I'm just having, yeah, it's actually, it's a mix. It's an XGTT steering wheel with an XWGS center, like the horn pad. Oh, yeah, right. so it's kind of, that's why it's a mix of styles between the Falcons. And he actually, he, he says he's 61, this gentleman. It's him that says Athel Burns at Cable Burns Race Engines built him all his engines over the years. Dealing with an engine builder called Athel is going to give me some confidence, man. He could probably, you know, <laughs> weld up a box trailer or fucking... <laughs> Back a caravan across a yeah. muddy and creek. throw and throw Shane Cable into 
thanks to you. You know you're going to have a good combination. Look, I actually did the story in this car. Howard Nesson, being 61, fuck, he's a good guy. Like, he's he's a really funny guy. He, he calls a spade a c- but in like a good way, like not in a negative way. He's a really top bloke. Like I enjoyed chatting with him. <laughs> he's actually got quite a few, like he's got a pretty tough Mustang and also a few cool Harleys. And he's just one of these guys. He's the perfect example of someone who just just doesn't let up with his passion. You know, yeah. he's still basically like an 18-year-old in the head. He still loves cars and he still loves, you know, leaning on them. He loves doing all that stuff with us. And, yeah, he's a really good guy and I really enjoyed kind of doing this story and because of the fact that I've known of the car for so many years, so many decades really, that, um, yeah, he's, he's a good guy and I really enjoyed doing this story. It's sort of been a highlight for my story writing career. Call a spade a spade there or a spade a c- whatever you want to do. Oh, I like that call a spade a c- spot on. What uh, what would you what what do you consider your rig of the month from this broad issue? Well, look, I'll be brutally honest with you. It was a fucking tough call this month. I was torn to the point where I thought I was going to have to actually tell you two, but I've I've actually narrowed it down to one. I'll tell you why. It was between Lee Payne's seventy-one Camaro and Howard's XB. Yeah. Now, a couple of reasons. That second generation Camaro, that shape is my favourite Camaro shape of all time. So. You look at the colour of that car, you've got the black vinyl roof, which I love. It's got a big block in it, which works for me. And the good thing is, too, even though it's got kind of those World Power Cruise rims, he's used 15s front and rear as far as diameter goes. He hasn't done the full, oh, let's put 18s on the front. He's kept it to that. The car is just super tough. It's super clean. It's a credit to him. I love that car, Lee. You've done a great job. And, of course, it was between that and also Howard's XB. It's manual, it's got auto drags, it's the custom grille, like you said. There's plenty of rake. I love the uh, history of this car, that he's had it for so many years. And, you know, he crashed it and he rebuilt it. And he didn't hide the fact either. Like, he wasn't embarrassed by the fact he crashed it. He said, oh, mate, he goes, I fucking gave it too much in the wet and stove the front end. But he fixed it. You know, he's just a passionate guy. And, again, it came down to what we always say. It's what the car that I could see myself driving or what the cars I'd be proud to have in the garage. And as far as it was both of these, ultimately, I actually chose Howard's XB. It's got the rake and the right-hand drive and the auto drags I'm after. And, you know, look, we all know that I'm an auto drag man, the whole Mike Brady factor. And, yeah, it's a sniffer too. Like, it's – I'm more of a – I like – sniffer rate compared to the whole invisible caravan so that was those little final details that pushed me over the line to choose howard's car and you know it's i they didn't actually end up printing this in the story but i did caption it i too am a real big fan of those color-coded bumper bars and originally howard's xb had like uh they were like not powder coated they were satin chrome it was actually a proper chroming process, but they were finished in a satin. And he said it took him months to find someone who could actually do this. We're talking like back in the 90s. It took him months to find like an electroplater who could actually do that work. <laughs> and he said he was pulling the motor out with this kind of like final build or this last build. He was pulling the engine out and he thought, oh, look, to be in the safe side, I'll actually take the bumper bar off the front. So I had more room, like wiggle room with the engine crane and this and that. He goes, I was really scared of damaging the satin chrome finish. Like, was if I scratched it, he said, you know, you're kind of screwed. It's not like something you can just go and re-get, get redone in satin chrome because you can't find someone to do it anymore. 
<laughs> he said, so I took the front bumper bar off. He goes, I lent it against the side of the shed, like in the corner of the shed to make sure that it was out of harm's way. He goes, I turned around and started walking back to the car. He goes, the fucking thing fell over and scratched. So he said, that's why he ended up doing both the bumpers in body color. He scratched <laughs> it, trying to take it off to protect it. I fucking laughed. But, you know, no yeah. good deed goes unpunished. No, if he'd left it on the car, it probably would be in perfect condition. But I actually think it looks better with the colour-coded bumpers. It really suits it. So, yeah, awesome. And just have a look at that rake. And the story goes, oh, he goes, I had wagon leaves in the back when I had the 14-inch Enki rims. He goes, I put wagon leaves in it to give it rake. And he said, by the 90s, I kind of toned it down. I, I had the springs flattened out a bit. He goes, then I put the 15s on it. It's got just the same amount of rake again. <laughs> so I think that's really cool. Some things are meant to be. It would have to be a fairly big disclaimer for you and I to have chose something other than that car, I reckon, as our regular month in this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I agree. Awesome work, Howard. Love it. It's a great car. I do like the, the Camaro. I've got some comments on it. I use my name. I used a 68 big block left-hand drive for my wedding about eight years ah. ago. And the guy that owns a Valiant, Shane, to look after his Charger and that uh, Camaro, he, yeah. he crashed it into the fucking cop shop. <laughs> Oh, my God. In the wet. How do you do that? Uh, oh. left, left-hand left drive. It's got a Brodick's head, a big block in it, and it's, it's an angry, angry car. Like, so he's just my wedding, and he was in the wet. He gave it a big spoonful. He had to go and knock on the door. <laughs> what excuse can you possibly give they when you hit a police station? They impounded it, and he lost his license for a little while. He's a nice guy, and he's straight as a die, so it was just... He probably yeah. just went in and said, oh, I'll give her a boot full, and they probably said, well, there's no fucking apologies. You, know? <laughs> you probably with that you're probably just best just to offer up full friggin admission aren't you no never admit to anything in a police station <laughs> i want to speak to my solicitor you know straight up I'll watch but mate yeah. you just ask and use the toilet what's the problem <laughs> yeah hey what's the go for poster child i picked lee Payne 71 camaro as well the the photos actually looks like you know dirty street junkyard dog the way that it's sitting in that poster Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see yep. the street right under there. It looks great. It reminds me of that Bruce Springsteen racing in the streets lyrics. Yeah, really, it's excellent. I, the thing I like about that poster is the same as I like about the story on page thirty-eight that Broads wrote and Ben Hoskins took the photo. Have a look at page thirty-eight. It's just excellent. The whole photo shoot is good. The lights nice and dark. Every angle is good. They're, I like the the blue and black headings. It's a good article, a good-looking yes. article yeah. in, the, in the magazine. So congratulations on that, guys. Yeah, what'd you choose for a poster, Skipper? Same one. That car's so fucking tough. Yeah. Like, if Howard's XB hadn't been in this issue, it would have been definitely my number one choice. Yeah. It's just so fucking tough. Like, he's talking about the, the photo on page 38, 39. Have a look at the fucking thing. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, it's a super tough car. Yeah, I, I do like it. But I'm not going to change my mind. I've made the decision. So, my mind yeah, is made. Went with <laughs> How about a tough shot? What did you choose for tough shots this issue, mate? There's lots because the magazine is tough as a mother-in-law's visit. Page 55. <laughs> yep. Which one did I choose? Page 55. The side view with the cage and the harness and the dumpers and the spring hangers, everything that I like about it. See the, the page 55, the, oh, set, yep. the center Howard's photo. XB. Yeah, yeah, Howard's XB. I, yep. just, I like everything. The, the gauges you can see up the profile up on the bonnet. Just the roll cage, that's cool. I noticed just now, I wonder is there a lot of static photos in this magazine? The two on the front cover are static. I wonder if there's anything to do with the lockdown when they've actually produced this magazine you know, last month when we couldn't leave. That's a really interesting point because I was thinking to myself going through this, 
I was really thin on the ground for Action Jackson. Yeah, me I, too. Yep. Like special mentions out through the friggin' wazoo, but Action Jackson's and that's that's an interesting concept. It's not really something I'd considered, but you're probably right. Yeah. You'd always need to sneak around doing photos. I know. Page six so. page sixty three, the V C from the rear. Oh yeah. That looks yep, I like tough. I like yeah, the beadlocks, the what's the wind splitter on the boot called when it's a drag car? It's spoiler, but I don't know, it's got another name. Wind trail something, isn't it? I really don't know. Yeah, it's got some yeah. other name. You can see that it's got a prop, wing. Wing, yeah. It's got a proper cage in it. It's serious. Got some hardware hanging down off the diff there. That's a serious, serious car, and that's a tough photo. But in that red, I love that. I think it's that Marinello red, I think they call it HD2. Okay, yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it says, hang on, what's it called? I'm saying with the specs here. Oh, Stingred. Yeah, the Sting later red. model. You were uh, Ute with Stingred, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Was your Ute Stingred? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool colour. Just because I've got the pages, I'll put the poster down as a tough shot, but I've said the reasons for that. So next, page 68, the greatest car ever in any street machine magazine ever. Up the top, Luke Badadges. Oh, the humpy. Yeah, Luke Badadges. I'll, I'll read you some of the bits and pieces he's done to it. It's a 283 with a T400, a nine-dinger and jelly beans. How cool that's is that? Cool. That is just going to be a fucking machine when that's going. It is now already. It looks actually. I like the way... I like the way um, he's called it sooty because he saved yeah, it from the bushfires. Like the fires. That's yeah, lucky that's, that's cool. one of the good stories that come out of that. Uh, page 121. Yes. The two hard tops down the bottom. The one with the new school oh, big yeah. rims on it and the other one with the old fat jellies on it. And the, uh, It might even be a Landu, is it? No, it's not a Landu. No, it's just an XB. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough shot. Yeah. Right there. Them two cars would be awesome to drive past and see them. But it's two different you know, builds there. I thought you were going to choose the UC Tirana, but then I realised it wasn't a shot from the rear, so you can't actually see the tail lights. Yeah, you can't see it from here. I also like yeah. the, I like the Kinger on page 120 getting pasted. <laughs> that is a cool shot. Hey, on that <laughs> note. sign there. It's awesome. On, on that note, did you read in the letters that letter that guy wrote about getting his car impounded on private property? That's some scary shit, hey. Where if do that's you want that? And there's no reason why it's not legit. That's, that's some scary shit. Yeah. yeah. I think oh. that's taking things a little bit too far. What have you yeah, got for tough? Yeah. What do you got for tough shots, mate? Uh, mate, if you can flick to page nineteen, please. This is one of those tricky pages where there's no number, so I've, I've got to actually find it myself. Um, hey, Marv will do it. If we ask Marv, Ian, Deadline, Kelly, can you get hold of one of us and tell us why we tried to work out why the numbers are numbered like that? And Simon had a theory. Can you tell us if that theory is right? Thank you. Sorry, Simon. Back to your tough shot. There, no worries. Uh, yeah, page 19, it's actually the first thing of your stuff. That photo down the bottom of the HQ, the, the HQ Monaro, the LS that became HQ for you. That's it. Smoking the tyre. I think that's a great photo. It's just, you know, it's a really iconic photo because of what that car then became over the ensuing issues of Street Machine when it became HQ for you. Just love that pic. You put it up on our Instagram the other day and it got a good response and I can see why, because it's a fucking awesome photo. Also, too, just quickly, page 20, Matt, Matty Waters, the letter he wrote, wrote in there talking about thanking us for the work we do for cars and shit like that. That was really cool, mate. I feel really humbled by that. So cheers, Matty. Yeah, we're just two dickheads trying to do our thing. But the fact that it's having such a positive influence on people, you know, it, it does help make it worthwhile, eh? So, um, yeah, I, I really appreciate reading that letter. I've got to admit something. I, I wrote it and just signed Matty's name. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did it because the spelling's all right. Yeah, I know it's not you. No, thanks for that, Matt. That's really nice what you put in there, Matt. You appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, hey, if you want to flick forward to page 53, 
You're also going to understand why I ultimately chose Howard's XB as my Rick of the Month. Yep. And um, if you look on page 53, uh, this is kind of ridiculous because pretty much every photo of his car I've chosen is a tough shot, but I'm going to abbreviate it. Look at page 53. You've got it sitting there front on. All you have to see is the rake, the nozzles in the bonnet, the auto drags, the hint of the cow tracks hanging out underneath, and also uh, it's got that tough side-on shot that you said on page 55. Then flick to page 56 and the rear three-quarter view. How fucking tough is that? The back view of the hardtop, ass up in the air because of the big meats, lots of rake, exhaust tips, fat ass. Like, why would you want to lower the ass out of an XA or XB hardtop or XC when it could look as cool as that? That, that works in what I was saying about 295.15s under the back of a hard top. That's the maths right yeah. there. It's like 186 and an LJ. Just do it all fits. It's all perfect and it's symmetrical and it's, and and it's imperial and it yeah. works. And just don't fuck with it. That's, that is a good tough yeah. shot. Yeah. Oh, and look, you can only see clouds out the rear view mirror. You know you've got your fucking rake sorted. So <laughs> awesome work. Awesome work. Now, please, if you can flick forward to page 94 slash 95. Got it. Yep. That's a nice car. Yeah, this is uh, Gino Aiello's 1970 Chevelle SS. The reason I chose this, it reminds me of that movie Jack Reacher with Tom Cruise. He drives and punishes the fuck out of a Chevelle in that movie. And it just it's sitting there, the background, the street scene, like all the stuff, all the elements that make these photos look so good. It reminds me of that when he's sitting there about to do the car chase. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but he ends up getting chased in the Chevelle and he's sitting there idling and the thing sounds tough and he just grabs the hearse shifter, puts it in reverse, and just fucking dumps the clutch. And I just I, – I thought of that movie when I saw that, and that's a, a really tough car and great picks. So, yeah. Oh, fuck, man. We're like twins this issue. Can you go to page 121? <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Down the bottom. Uh, I said the same thing. You've got the XA coupe on the right, the XB on the left. That XB, those fat-ass magnum rims and the black vinyl roof – just, yeah, that's a tough shot. I mean, both the cars are tough, but I, I definitely lean towards the XB. I do love XA taillights, though, so I'd probably have to sneak the taillights from his mate's car into the XB. It's a, it's a fucking great car. It looks mean as. It just looks old-school tough as well. It's a hot-looking car. I know the, the black car, they're XB GT uh, exhausts on them, aren't they? They're around the oval tailpipes. Yeah, the GT tips. Yeah, yeah, yeah they look cool. Yeah. They do. Yeah. So... What do you got for Action Jacksons, mate? Page, the COVID limited Action Jackson. Page six, which is the contents page. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you go, yeah. mate. So yeah. on the left-hand side, it says on page 80, but we're on page six. It's got Gizmo, a photo of Gizmo on the move. Yes. Yes. What yep. I like about how that ties in, that's right at the front of the magazine. So Gizmo is right up front, which is, gives it prominence for me. Like the, the more toward the front, the more I think it's a good thing. But it also ties in with the, the story talking about how yep. the car is still here. It's still mobile and still goes, which you turn the page and you can see that car. That's probably a, an old photo of it, but it just ties back into it with, hey, we've still got this car. It's like, how lucky are we the guy with like, a HQ for you? How lucky are we the guy who got hold of that and kept it and understood what it was? Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a cool car. And, I mean, it was such a groundbreaking car for its time, like the build. Yeah, yeah, nothing. You know, it won. It won some in its trophies and stuff like that. So anyone who wants to pick it for being a Gemini or pick it because it's got graphics or pick it because it's old school, first off, you're just a fuckwit, and secondly, you need to step back and appreciate what this car actually achieved. So yeah, I'm. I'm also too really glad that it survived. Yeah, I'm a man full similar guy, so I like him. Have a look on page forty nine, please. 
49. Sorry, my fingers are like fucking. Must be all that KY lube I've got on them. No, that should be. That should be yeah, right. 49. Um, see the VH charger? See yes. Them? That's actually doing 1K an hour because it's got that much body roll. That That's the standard amount of body roll at walking pace around that corner. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, could, it's a cool picture, eh? I just I thought it made me think back when you drove the charger that I look after a bit and you said, oh, this thing is the best charger I've ever driven. It's the only charger I've ever driven. So I'm thinking, fuck, what's the worst one? Because it felt like a turd to me. <laughs> When oh, you want to hear something funny, yep. I was actually listening to that episode. Like, I've just been going through some of the old episodes. Like, yep. you kind of forget shit over the years. I was actually listening to that exact episode this morning. <laughs> there you of go. That, and of they, we, where we talk about the charge. It was like episode 11 or 12. Yeah, how funny is that? I yeah. remember Callum, who my nephew had now stayed with me for a while, but that was about three years ago. He came up for a wedding and he was 17. So I gave him a drive of it. And he's gripping the steering wheel with both hands and just overcorrecting it, like going to just wear the front tyres. And I'll say, you've got to sit back. It's got the bench bucket combo. you got to sit back. Yeah. Just hold the steering wheel and let the fucking thing wander. <laughs> and you do. <laughs> Trying to correct it everywhere, you get nowhere. No, that's cool. I like that. Page 81. <laughs> oh, yep. Yep, Gizmo getting pants. What I like about it, it's got a four-barrel holly on it, on a Gemini 2-litre, on a 2-litre yeah. engine. He, he, he tells a story in there. He didn't want to go the twin Weber routes. He wanted to go different to everybody. That's cool. That's Gary. no mean, like 450 CFM holly, yeah. That's a pretty big carby for that car, for sure. And I will admit, in a lot of these photos, Todd, like me, doesn't really like thongs. I don't really wear thongs. I say you see him in the shorts and the joggers with the white socks a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm very keen on that. I hate thongs. Can't do oh, it. We're going to have to change the name of this podcast to the Thong Slash Sneaker Slappers. No, see, because I slap thongs, so I don't like them. So if I was a thong lover, you could understand how it would work. Oh, see how right, because I live, in, I live in fucking thongs. I'm one of these morons in the middle of winter who's wearing thongs. I hate them. Only because I'm always doing something. <laughs> I'm going to push you out doing something, and they're just, they're like these little fucking, I wear them. I, I do wear them. I'm forced to wear them, but not as often as I probably should. Page 97. Page 97. Oh, yeah, the VG yeah. Ute. How cool is that? It is very cool. I picked it somewhere else. Obviously, it's not an Action Jackson in that photo. Unless you look on page 97, go up five inches, and you see the little Winnie the Bear. She's made out of the Subaru. Yeah, so it's got a little, cool, bit, of, little bit of smoke yeah. coming out of its tires. Yeah, it's cool. My like question it. is, if you're a sticker maker, how could you not make that path come out of his ass, not off his tire? Wouldn't you? I'd put it so oh. it looked like a fart. <laughs> yeah it's a cool idea it's a nice little touch things like that isn't it yep Not page 119 119 this won't take long yep Andrea May's Volkswagen oh. bonnet yeah that's a cool picture nice car too love the wheels did nice you notice green. how the LJ on the front cover the LC on the front cover Clinton's one of the headlight covers looks like a Volkswagen bonnet you have a look oh yeah what's the go there I see them everywhere <laughs> That's an interesting concept, yeah. And my last action jackson is page 120. The old king are getting smacked in front of the old mate's house. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's a tough car. Uh, so what are your action jacksons there, Skipper? Uh, look, because I'm a bit simple, this actually makes sense to me now. I chose the HQ Monaro back in the reader's page as my, like, a tough shot. And I thought, hang on, why didn't I finish writing the sentence on my notes for that? Then I've gone to my Action Jacksons and seen I've had it there because it's fucking doing a burnout and it's an Action Jackson. So I've already spoken about that. That's just me being a bit 
bit weird. But anyway, that's okay. So flick to page 47, thanks. Picture number five is that orange uh, A12 Super B of Mark Freighter. Yep. The one up – yeah, Chris. I think the Super Bs are a tough car. This thing's tough. I love the fact he's got the, the black wheels, like steel wheels, as per factory with a red wall, but he's gone deeper on the back, deeper just yeah, with a fatter yeah. tyre, just to give it that little bit more presence instead of making it full, full, like pure stock. This car is super tough. But the thing I really wanted to mention about this, I see this photo, and straight away I think of the film clip for that song, Jesus Built My Hot Rod for Ministry. Do you ever remember seeing that? No. Nah. With these particular cars, like with the Dodgers and Plymouth, you can get like, different sorts of bonnet scoops. But one of the ones you get was called an air grabber. And the actual scoop would rise out of the bonnet either through vacuum or through a, like a mechanical, oh, yeah. depending what model you had. So, and in the actual film clip, they've got a car like the Super B, and you actually, you know, they actually open and the scoop comes up as, as part of the video, and it's really cool. I just think they're such an iconic cool thing to have yeah so anyway this car doesn't have one which is pretty fucking useless i'm sorry but the actual car in this photo i saw that photo and as soon as i saw that photo of it driving along it reminds me of that ministry thing so i'll send it through and i'll see if i can post it on our instagram so people can think that i'm not completely crazy that'd be good that's cool i've, I've seen on one of them restoration american yankee shows they do a few muscles i don't know which show it was they uh yeah they had that bonnet scoot that comes up under vacuum yeah, yeah, I think it's, and that'd be it. I think it's a really cool idea, yeah. So, uh, that was it. Oh, actually, I'm going to have to make you go back to page 11. My apologies. Monster. I know I deserve a thrashing for that. If you look at page 11, down the bottom right, yep. that green AP6, yep. fucking how tough is that? I'm looking forward to the next issue to see that. It's got Simos on it, Yeah. Right? No, I, I think they're well power crews. Oh, it's got, like, too, big yeah. diameters on the front. and Yeah, but with that tunnel ram hanging out, Great colour. I'm really interested to see. It's the first I didn't even know this car existed, and being in the Valiant scene, it's kind of surprising. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the feature on that car, for sure. Cool. And that was it. That was me for Action Jacksons. How about you for special mentions, mate? Special mentions. I'd like to mention you, Simon, because you're special. <laughs> I think that's a compliment. <laughs> Page <laughs> 19. HQ for you, I've written, so what's this all about? I was only page 19. What I was going to read out was read the warning from that guy, but we might just post that up. It's an interesting little article. A guy done a burnout in his driveway and he, he got his car impounded and his license taken, so that was just a special mention for that. The next special yeah, mention was yep. page 20. Maddie writing us that nice letter. We've covered that. Okay, page 24, Norm Harding. Every photo I've ever seen, he's got black boots, blue jeans. I want to send him a plank Manhattan, you know, a rainbow shirt or something. <laughs> He's, uh, yeah. Page page twenty seven. The D caption down the bottom right. Oh yeah. First up, yep. that is an awesome looking car. Straight up, that is everything I like. That looks so cool. But I like the loose unit pulling his shirt up, showing his titty next to um, Rod Hadfield. <laughs> the cool thing about that too, they're a bunch of older guys, and they're actually it's taken uh, on the salt. They've got Norm's Roadster there, the big Norm race. But it is cool, isn't it, that even as we grow old, we can keep our senses of humour well and truly intact. That would have been good, though. would have been like, okay, everybody lift their shirt up on the count of three, and you all agree not to do it. And just an old mate does it. Oh, oh you fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> okay. No difference when you're 17. Yeah, exactly. The same like when everybody turns up to a fancy dress party and nobody turns up. <laughs> Page 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43. I spoke about this, the great-looking photo shot and the excellent, outstanding-looking article. 
in the car. <laughs> the car lends itself to that. So, so page seventy seventy one. This is a bit of an unusual car, an ELGT. Yeah, you don't and, see many of those around. You yeah. didn't see many when they were new, hey? It's not for me. It's not the best looking GT. It's not even close, but it's important, and I think it's good that it's in Street Machine. It's just showing that little bit of diversity in the who we've got reading and who we've got building cars. I like it. I, I like seeing a late model car. I have no problem with late model cars. I enjoy them, especially when the thing's a monster like that. Oh, fuck yeah. It's definitely tough as, hey? Uh, yeah. yeah. So that was a bit of my fan. special mentions. What about you? Special mentions, page 27. If you go to back to page 27. Yep, I'm on it. It's, it's the Norm Harding story. If you go to the top of the page, I just love the photo there of the old dudes dropping the motor into the road stuff. I think that's a cool thing. I like that whole concept, and I hope that's something I'm doing when I'm yeah. that age and well and – oh, not that I'll have grey hair because I've got no fucking hair, but that's kind of something I, I just really like that photo. I think that's a, a really cool thing. They've probably been doing that together for 50 years, so I like that. I certainly, hope, I certainly can, hope they've tightened up all the intake manifold bolts because look how they've got it slung. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, if you flick just over to page 28, special mention, Norm's Ford Coupe with a V12 motor. Yeah. I fucking love that thing. It's just such a beautifully built hot rod. I think it must be – it's obviously a 33 or a 34. I don't really know exactly what year it is, three window. I'm not too sure on the grill, but – as in what that is from, but it's just a really beautifully built car. I think it's very cool. And from there, go forward a few pages. This isn't so much a special mention. This is uh, Simon's got the worst OCD in the world, right? You go to page 35, down the bottom, the rear view of Clint's very tough LC Tirana. Yep. Now, look, I know that this thing's a burnout car, so the tyres aren't ever going to last, but the fucking back wheels, it's got directional tyres on back to front. <laughs> that's it fucks with my ocd it just i want to i want to go down there with a jack and just i want to unbolt them and swap them side to side man that's some really good spotting that's redmond spec spotting i thought, you notice that i thought you're proud i am proud i thought the uh the photos where it's in the shed with the memorabilia yeah the, very cool yeah mm. i just thought it was really busy compared yeah, to I, com- compared to the photo shoot of the blue camaro I wish I had that sort of shed. It'd be nice, like set up. It's got a bit of a bar going on there. It's got some cool stuff in there. I mean, I've got probably all the shit to do it. I just have, because I collect shit. I just don't have the space or the time or the know-how to make it actually look good together. Tell, <laughs> tell me this: it, it, there might be in that right side fridge. There might be a few Jim Beans, but otherwise, there's no alcohol in there. It's all Coke. Oh, okay. I was actually thinking Jim Beam as well. Maybe that was all the signage that pointed me in yeah. that direction, or maybe the fact I just feel like one right now. Yeah, maybe so. Breakfast beer. Yeah. Uh, next up for me, for special mentions, mate, page 69. Dude. I know what number you're thinking right now. Down the bottom, Thomas Gaffney is 79 Chrysler D50. Wow. I just, yeah, sort of the equivalent. Uh, you had the, the Dodge D50. The equivalent was the Mitsubishi L200. We got both out here in Australia. And I, I remember because my dad worked for Chrysler Mitsubishi for frigging decades I remember him bringing home a yellow one which had the stripe package on it. It was, it was a, uh, it's like a style side ute and it had the yellow wheels. So kind of like, not as, imagine sun raises but with round holes. It was yeah, that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just think it's a cool looking thing. It's something completely different and pretty rare. And yeah, I dig it. I can't wait to see this thing finished. I think it's, it's super tough. And from there, um, oh yeah, here we go. Just an overall appreciation for the Gemini on page 8081 that you've spoken about, the Todd Delbo. Yeah. TE uh, Gemini, just the fact that this new owner 
Billy Baker, he's 70 and he's still enjoying, enjoying cars and he's keeping this thing just as it was, which I think is an amazing feat and uh, credit goes to all those I, I people still, involved. I reckon just looking at the interior and the car and the wheels and the stance and everything, the centerpiece area, the chrome roll cage, it's, as you're looking at it, you could really put a date on it, but also it's still, all of it's still current and perfect, you know what I mean? That car, yeah. that's why he's still winning trophies with it because it's that good. Yeah, it's a neat, definitely, it's, it's, a, it's a cool thing. Tin, tin Very of, neat. Tin of windows and some Volkswagen bonnet headlights around, and I'm set. <laughs> All right, mate. Lastly, what have you got for Reader's Rockets for this issue? Reader's Rockets. Live next door to Alice. I don't know what you want to sing. Um, <laughs> Reader's Rides. Okay, you have to get the right page. I always like saying the page, even though we shouldn't know the... Oh, for fuck's sake, right, here we go. My reader's Rockets, page uh, 111. Yes. Have, have yep. a look at Chris Ancombe's XB Ute. Very tough. Is that yep. not madness? Oh, it's fucking cool as. Yeah, it's a super cool Ute. Let me just, uh, because the thing, uh, one of the things I enjoy the most of reader's Rockets is reading what they've done to it. So just let me read this. Uh, this is about halfway down. He has a bit of a talk about it's been a few different things for him, but this is what it is now. It now runs mm. a 500 cube roller cam, big block Ford with Fitech dual throttle body injection and an 871 blower. There's a JM belt kitted T400 and a Trumac 399 9-inch underneath a McDonald's Brothers front end, A1 coilovers, Kelsey Hazy four spot brakes, <laughs> custom interior, Recaros, a race pack dash, harnesses and a roll cage. I'm in, man. I am in. Love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the thing I love about this too, I can actually picture this unit. I've seen photos of it in that two-tone green magenta paint job. It normally has. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, because the satin green is like a uh, it's like a wrap. He said he's put over that other paint job. I, so. I just want to do something sneaky. I did have another's reader's ride that wasn't quite the reader's ride. It was just an Iron Maiden, so I definitely want to mention this UD9 Maiden on page 97, Sue Wales's. Oh, the VG. Yeah, yep. there's also another photo of it in the magazine elsewhere, but it's a big block. What do you say it is? It's a... 383, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, it's a 383 big block. Yeah, Magnum big block, they call it. Does that make sense? To yeah. You? Yep. Oh, I love that air cleaner with the twin snorkel. It's very cool. Yeah, and it's got the Simmons wheels on. It's got the crack stance. It's got awesome number plates. It hasn't got two NV Sue or anything on it. Tough, <laughs> tough. Yeah, is it a top loader in it as well? Did I read uh, What's it got? Doesn't oh, I'm just trying to see if I can see a picture I'll, of the shift art, which I can't. I'll write it down. Oh, see. hang on. There's another page. Don't worry about me. Oh, yeah. No, it has. Yeah. yeah Four top loader. Yes. Oh, nice work. I oh, know. That's a cool ute. And Sue, we ain't racing. If I see you, I'm going home early. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to wreck my no, car. No, it's a tough ute. Yeah, that's very cool. Right, have you got for readers rocket? Same as you. The uh, Chris Anscombe's XB ute for pretty much the same reasons you said. So, yeah, that makes it pretty simple. I think it's just, yeah, it's a great package overall. I love the look of it. It's a very individual build i kind of like too if you look in the actual tray section you can see that the front floor of the tray it looks like it rolls up towards the back window yeah like whether yeah. he's uh, especially if you've got a cage in it whether he's maybe cut that original back out to buy more space behind the seats i'm not really sure but i just think it's nice and neatly done it's not done to any specific genre it's obviously it's not restored it's not this it's not that he's just built it how he wants and i think he's done a great job and it's a very individual-looking car, really clean and tidy, and obviously tough as fuck with that motor and all that combo in it. That just about wraps us up for this Bible Studies edition. The 
June 2020. I actually put the May 2021 beside it, just to have a look at the covers to compare them. But uh, we've got episode 46 coming up where we, re- we reviewed uh, Unique Cars magazine, number... That's right. That was something completely different. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember the number of the magazine we'll post up. So that's that's re- edit, nearly ready to go. It was cool actually reviewing that Unique Cars magazine. It was something different. And the things that you kind of put that together with this to make me choose... The titles, yeah, it works out really well. So we had a bit of a laugh with it, a bit of fun. So there's some interesting choices of cars we chose for each other. But on top of that, we actually will talk um, some domestic bliss. We both had a bit going on around the place. So, yeah, I guess as always, just want to thank everyone for joining us for this episode. If you want to get in contact with us, please email thongslappers at optusnet.com.au or message us via our Instagram page at the thongslappers. So we will hope to get around to getting back to everyone. So we do uh, appreciate your contributions. So, yeah. The thing Good is, shit. thing is, when we record and we get everything down, we, we might record out a sequence, but we're releasing sequence. So... Um, if you're queued up to come on our Moot Rockets or if you've already done one on bits, it just have a little bit of patience with us. It just takes a long time for us to work through the process, but it all happens because we both have jobs and we work full time. The other thing, with the, you mentioned domestic bliss. That's where, for people who haven't heard it, Simon talks about the cars he actually builds and I talk about the cars that are <laughs> too slack to build. <laughs> Red's dream garage, we might call it. Oh. Ma- ma- <laughs> Masturbation in 308 by Redmond. <laughs> oh look a few things have come to a head with my vg hardtop build not come to a head in a bad way but decisions have been made so we talk about that with that we also talk about the name that the car is actually going to run as well uh for those who i don't think i've actually told anyone on the podcast come to think of it but i'm actually building that car to be a street like a street gas similar to how old days was so coming up with a new concept coming up with a new name kind of i guess in a way, and just combining the best thing about both cars, which was the body shell of the VG hardtop with the inspiration and running gear of the old days VSVF. So I like how yeah, you talk about that and other bits and pieces as well. So and you also attributed the name of that. Oh fuck! <laughs> oh. oh, that's just a story in itself, isn't it? But to hear that story, we'll have to tune into episode forty-six of Thongslovers podcast. So, Red, it's always a pleasure talking to you, mate. It's always the best part of my own day. Now I'm going to have to go home and deal with neighbours and frigging people wanting me to chop down trees and, yeah. Can anyway, I ask you yeah. one one serious question? Can you please give me his mobile number? <laughs> oh, I should, you know. I can't wait. You know, Hey, look, just on that thing too, I just want to clarify something. The only reason that I actually blasted his son's, um, <laughs> what do you call those things that fly in the air? Drone. Drone. Fucking. Drone. Yeah, the only reason I blasted his son's drone with a shit cleaner was he kept hovering it over my backyard, and I didn't know it was his. I just didn't know who the fuck it was. I mean, if you're going to be hovering drones over people's backyards, you can't expect them to be too happy about it, especially, you know, I didn't know if someone casing at my place to maybe come back and steal shit. Who fucking knows? So if you're going to hover a drone over someone's yard, you've got to expect the consequences. I could not get that. I just have to be pressure cleaning parts at the time. And it had plenty of reach. I fucking blasted that out of the sky. I could not take my clothes off quick enough if I see a fucking drone come into my backyard. (laughs) Could not, couldn't do quick enough. Waving my dick at it. (laughs) It's funny when you go to sometimes I ride my BMX on the mountain bike track, or when I go for a ride on my dirt bike. Guys are fucking rooting around with that much fucking stuff. I first noticed it about 
eight or nine years ago. Remember when Ewan McGregor and his mate done them BMW tours around the world and they made the long way around? Oh, yeah, the motorbike yeah, tours. Yeah. So sure. then all of a sudden we had a heap, yeah. of, heap yeah. of adventure bikes turn up out the bush, but they turned up with so much gear on like GPS this, like what the fuck do you want to map on an adventure bike? It's not an adventure bike then. But the other, the, what, what my point is now when you go out to ride, there's four drones in the air, just blokes fucking around. Everyone's got GoPros and all this sort of fucking shit going on. They're like, wow, I don't even have any of this gear and I wouldn't know how to fucking use it anyway. Aren't we just going to have a ride? Yeah. Look, for me, the best use of GoPro equipment ever is that TV show on YouTube called Vice Script Barrage yep. that fella Derek does. Yeah. It is a great show. Fucking makes me laugh. It's almost like, I'm not saying we're in any way near the, the reach or the range of his show, but it's kind of like Thong Slappers, or we're maybe more like Vice Hip Garage as a podcast, but he's just an everyday bloke building cars. And it's, if you watch that show, it's, it's, it's really fucking funny. He's a really funny guy, and he just does what he needs to do to get shit done. Like, he's not a purist or anything like that. He's just a, it's just a really funny show. So it's definitely worth watching for anyone out there who's looking for something new to um, – uh, to watch and also while we're talking youtube a couple of the guys who've actually been great thong slappers people from day dot basically thomas stokes and zachary todd they've got their own show out on youtube at the moment and it's called uh oz backyard builds i think i've got that correct yeah right. i fucking hope i have if i haven't i'm really sorry to thomas and zachary but uh and uh they do some really cool stuff they're actually building a valiant youth so good on you guys i really admire the fact there's two guys having a go at doing like a, a build show like an aussie building show uh, or car building show that they're putting up on youtube so i think that's a really awesome awesome thing so yeah that's the one backyard bills check it out on youtube their first episode on the ve valiant ute is turbos and tubs so yeah if you've got a bit of spare time check out vice Grip garage and also have a gander at backyard builds and you know that it's two moots uh, having a crack at doing the video and doing some great work as well. So good on you guys. I really appreciate seeing you, what you get up to and appreciate support from you as well. That's my uh, my GoPro hell story. When I first finished, obviously, ran out of the house, mum come up and so she's in. She's like, oh, your bedroom looks lovely. I love this colour of everything. And she points to the GoPro that's mounted on my bed head and goes, what's that? <laughs> Dead set. I'm embarrassed. I've gone, it's a... It's a uh, Air freshener, and she goes, "Oh, okay." She goes, "I get, so I get the ones that plug into the PowerPoint." I went, "Oh, so fucking it!" And it wasn't mine. A chick had left it here, whatever. We'd been using it, and I'm like, "God, I was fucking embarrassed." <laughs> I bet it wasn't very clear. I, I bet the actual lens was a bit friggin' smeared as well. Oh, you know the shit goes on. It's fucking. We're all adults, eh? Everybody's an adult. That's you it. know what the funny thing is. I sh would shoot you the footage of it, but I respect you too much. I might shoot it to somebody else. Hey, give it your neighbour's pun, thing. Pun. Yeah. <laughs> Send me your neighbour's thing, I'll shoot it to him. It's terrible anyway. <laughs> oh, and just to clarify too, it's not the same neighbour who Mr. Inappropriate across the street. It's a different guy altogether. So I just know I know the area to buy a house, don't I? <laughs> you know anyway. well. Well, that's yeah. that, that just yeah. about wraps us up for this edition of the Thong Slappers and, and other various subjects, topics. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know what it's like, mate. The motto here at the Thong Slappers had a short story long. We're living up to that name. So, look, thanks for joining us, everyone. We look forward to speaking to you in our next episode. And, Redman, I'll look forward to catching up with you, of course, for the next episode, but just all the bullshit that we're going with in between. Sounds good, Simo, and good to hear from you again and give my love to the family. Cheers, Red. I'll chat to you soon. Have right. fun. Cheers. Hello, Michael Hill. We're putting romance back into Valentine's Day. Where else could you buy your on a 
solid 9 karat gold gate bracelet weighing 11 grams with safety chain and hand engraved padlock for only $199. Or a romantic proposition, a magnificent diamond ring featuring half a carat of brilliant cut diamonds for only $795. Or a quality Seiko quartz with scratch resistant glass and latest European style bracelet for only $99. Yes, and only at Michael Hilton.